The Leaky Cauldron. The Leaky Cauldron. Do you hear that, Ern? The Leaky Cauldron. Just go! You're wasting time! Hey, welcome to Pottercast, a very special Pottercast. Ding! I'm Melissa. I'm the only Pottercaster who's going to be here today. John and Frankie really wanted to, but they're both in various stages of travel for the holidays, and we thought that this conversation was too important to wait. Yesterday, J.K. Rowling broke a long Twitter silence by tweeting support for Maya Forstatter, a woman whose transphobic actions led her UK employers to fail to renew her employment contract, and had just lost a test case over the matter. J.K. Rowling's tweet included coded transphobic language and saddens and alarmed the Harry Potter fan community, who have long seen her as an ardent champion for tolerance. A lot of you expressed confusion and concern about what exactly happened here and why it was so upsetting. And so today we are being joined by Jackson Bird, longtime friend of Leaky and Pottercast, former Harry Potter Alliance staffer and author of the recent book, Sorted, Growing Up, Coming Out and Finding My Place, which is a chronicle of identity and the trans experience inside online communities, including that of the Harry Potter phenomenon. He's going to help us get through this today, and we're really grateful and excited that he's doing so. Welcome, Jack. Hi, thanks for having me back on Pottercast. Pottercast! We're, you, and I, you and I talked as soon as uh, this went down yesterday, and initially it was going to be, let's find, let's get you and a couple of other people and a panel and do all the, and it was like, it ended up being just us, and yeah. frankly... I'm I'm a little bit relieved. <laughs> Same. I'm I'm so relieved to be able to like just talk to a very good friend of mine and like fan to fan because there's been so much over the last like 24 hours of you know having to sort of explain it to people who don't get the the magic of our little fan community. Um, yeah. But that said, I, I I feel like we should also say it is just the two of us and like you know my accolades. Regardless, I am not necessarily an expert and I don't represent the entire trans community. Right. So. We, we are speaking from our own perspectives here. We will direct you to some resources in the Pottercast show notes. There's a lot of great information. There's a lot of great articles. There's a lot of great activists out there informing and educating people. And so um, that was one of the reasons I was trying to get a quote unquote or an actual <laughs> expert in here because I didn't want to impose on you to speak for all trans people, which is an important part of dealing with um any marginalized community that you not treat one as all. So whatever advice and, and, and expertise you have, we're grateful for it. And we promise not to tell you that you speak for everyone. (laughs) Great. Thank you. All right. So let's go over what happened. How you've probably been explaining it to people all day yesterday. Yeah. And I still feel like I'm not very good at it, but I will (laughs) say um, your text. And then there was like one or two other sort of, you know, mischief folks had texted me and that's how I found out. I don't even usually check my phone right when I wake up, but I had overslept because I just got back from attending all the Yule balls with Harry and the Potters and I'm very tired. So I overslept, woke up to all of these texts and none of them explained what happened. It was just a (laughs) lot of texts that were like, I am so sorry. Are you okay? And like, eek. And I thought for a minute, like the way it was also personal, I thought that maybe J.K. Rowling had heard about my book and specifically tweeted about it. Like, me. came for you. Yeah. Joe's in your mentions, like, who's this guy? Yeah. So I guess at first there was like slight relief that it wasn't like something specifically about me, but it was still very personal because so what happened was J.K. Rowling uh, tweeted, do you, do you have a, should we like read the exact wording of the tweet? This is J.K. Rowling's tweet. 
Dress however you please. Call yourself whatever you like. Sleep with any consenting adult adult who'll have you. Live your best life in peace and security. Which all sounds like fine. Mm -hmm. But then at the bottom, it says, but force women out of their jobs for stating that sex is real. Hashtag I stand with Maya. Hashtag this is not a drill. So that's the tweet. And what what, what is that? Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I will say... (laughs) I was even a little confused at first, and I kind of know some of the background here. I was not familiar with the I stand with Maya hashtag in name, although once I looked into it, I realized I had heard about this case before. Um, Here's my understanding, and please tell me if, if, it, if it matches up with yours. Okay. This woman was, was told that she had to recognize transgender identity as a legally protected class, and she refused in tweets and in other ways, refused to use the correct pronouns, insisted she would not, and generally created a hostile work environment. Uh, she didn't just say, I believe sex is male or female. And then they said, well, you're fired. That's, that's not, that is not what happened. Mm-hmm. She created a hostile work environment against, uh, a per- against people that, whose, whose gender identity she believed were not valid. And so when her contract was up for renewal, that was... It was not renewed. She wasn't fired. She was simply not rehired. Yeah, that basically adds up w- with what I've seen. Um, uh, she has had been active on Twitter for a long time, talking about all kinds of these beliefs in various ways. Um, and yeah, I think it's really important to note that her tweets and I think maybe some stuff she might have said around the office made other employees uncomfortable. Um, and also... What happened was so the her employer decided not to renew the contract. Again, wasn't fired. They just didn't want to renew her contract. And so then she took it to what in the UK is called an employment tribunal, which neither Melissa or I know too much about. No. Uh, but I think it was basically, you know, not quite suing, but kind of doing a, a test case on uh, whether her beliefs on this matter would qualify under the UK's Equality Act as like a protected belief system. So basically she is trying to say that her employer discriminated against her because of her beliefs. Good old reverse discrimination. Right, exactly. And so on Wednesday, um, the judge in the tribunal ruled that uh, he stood with her employer and that she has every right to have these opinions and have these beliefs, but they are not a protected belief system under the Equality Act, and therefore her employer had every right not to renew her contract based on her tweets and opinions here. And so that got a lot of people up in arms, including J.K. Rowling. And I think one of the things that was so shocking, uh, 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 so alarming about this, Joe's been quiet on Twitter for a long time. Mm. She doesn't say anything about much of anything anymore. And it's not like she has this opinion and is sort of nursing it. But to have this be the... Not that that makes it okay, but to have to have this be the thing that she sort of like runs back to Twitter needing to say adds to the disappointed nature um, Mm. that I think a lot of people were. I don't know if that added to yours. I do not pay attention to her on Twitter anymore. So I haven't (laughs) noticed. But now that you say it like, yeah, that that really make that that pours some salt in the wound for sure. Right. Um, I think leaky. Leaky accidentally again. A lot of people like liked and commented without reading the full thing. Mm. Uh, Mark Hamill was one of those people, and he's since apologized. Um, I know Mark a couple Hamill? of her- yeah, Mark Hamill. Wow. Yeah, um, he- that's not wow at him accidentally liking. That's like wow at him apologizing and, and just being involved at all. Wow. He literally quotes tweeted. He's like, "Ignorance is not an excuse." I didn't read this correctly. I'm so sorry. What a good. 
what a good. I appreciate that. Um, but a lot of people, leaky included, leaked somebody without thinking, just said, hey, welcome back to Twitter without reading it because it was so, the top of it feels like one of her normal sort of Mm-hmm. Be who you are, the, these stances that we're used to seeing from her. And then those last two lines sort of became something else. And they have gotten her labeled as what is known as a turf. Yes. Uh, can you explain that term? Yeah, yeah. I think so. It's totally understandable that people would have been confused, even with reading the final couple of lines, because a yeah. lot of what uh, this movement of people that I'm about to talk more about do is try to twist words around particularly on mm-hmm. issues that a lot of people have trouble grasping in general. You know, all these issues of, of gender identity and sexuality and all of that. Um, and it, it's kind of one of their MOs to, to try to confuse people even more. Um, so basically, TERF stands for Trans-Exclusionary Radical Feminist. Um, it's a term that's been around for decades, I believe, um, and refers to what I would say so-called feminists, but people who don't include trans women in their feminism and large, like largely trans people at all. Um, nowadays they might say a lot of things, um, like Maya Forsatter was trying to say, um, in, in the, the test case that she did that, oh no, 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 I support trans people. They're just like, they can't legally change their gender. I don't support that. And like, I don't believe that your sex or gender can ever be changed. It's one of those like, oh, I support you, but actually everything that would be under the umbrella of supporting you, I don't do. Separate, but equal. Yeah, very much like that. Mm -hmm. Um, so basically they, you know, they don't believe in the validity of trans people. They don't believe trans women are women or that trans men are men. Um, and it has been a movement that's been around for a long time. Like, you know, when I was learning p- modern contemporary, like history of uh, trans and queer culture, I mostly heard about them in terms of like women's festivals that wouldn't allow trans women to be there. But, you know, they would usually allow trans men because they didn't believe trans men were actually men. Uh, it's this whole like complicated thing, but nowadays in the in the past several years they have become much more organized and and vocal in public, specifically in the United Kingdom. Uh, there was a a big instance at Pride, I think, two years ago, where there were like s- some protesters, some like turf protesters, who sort of took over Pride. Might have even like mm-hmm. been allowed to march at the front or something. It was a big thing, and it it's really hurtful to you know trans people to have their identity invalidated like that and to see you know, major events like Pride, which is supposed to be the safe space getting taken over by people who say that we shouldn't exist, basically. And there's, yeah, there's, I mean, there's so much to it. What gets really complicated is that they they try to use as their argument, like they are fighting for the rights and the safety of women, but not including mm-hmm. trans women in that. And it's like, those aren't, mutually exclusive things like yes we should all want the the rights and the safety of women and that includes trans women um they just fall into a lot of the the outdated and i mean we're we're never good like stereotypes just about like quote unquote you know men in dresses and all the things you hear about with the bathroom bills of like well we can't have people saying just declaring their gender because then like bad actors who want to just be you know claiming that their women will go into the women's room and, and will assault women right. and children. And, you know, all of these things that are, that are just, they, they are, are false. You know, it's like, if you create this law, it's not going to stop people who, or they're saying like, if you create this law, it's not going to stop people who are going to break the law anyways. Um, then the fact of the matter is that there are far more instances of trans people being assaulted in bathrooms than there are people claiming to be trans people assaulting cisgender people. Uh, and it's, it's all of those sort of false arguments or similar things to what TERFs fall under. Yeah, I saw a lot of the men in dresses comment 
surfacing because of there is a character in one of J.K. Rowling's novels mm-hmm. that is <laughs> your voice and the look on your face <laughs> says you're familiar with this character. And I have to admit my um, ignorance here. Jack, when you and I met a long time ago and you came out to me, I was still very, very early in... I mean, there there was a period between you, us, a long period between us meeting and, and you coming out to me. But mm-hmm. when you did, I was still very, really new in my understanding of trans at all. You mm-hmm. know, when I read the Cormoran Strike novel for the first time, the the first one, this particular scene that I'm that I'm about to reference, it it didn't hit me as 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 transphobic as it is now when i go back and look at it it's 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 pretty blatant but what i'm trying to get at is that there have been people trans people specifically have been telling us for years that jk rowling was almost um certainly a turf and can you explain what those things were and why people are saying oh we've all known this was coming yeah, well, I mean, first of all, the the Cormoran Strike book, um, I think it's the second one, The Silkworm, and I also, like, I don't remember the details oh, yeah. of it too much. I think I blocked it out, because, like, I like that series, and I think when I read it, like, yeah. it wasn't surprising to me that something like that transphobic would be in there, because I'm just used to casual transphobia in the media that I consume. Um, this is not a, a, a good way that I'm suggesting that people, like, live their lives and consume their media, but that tends to be my first reaction is, like, Oh yeah, what what did I expect? Oh, yeah. And then like block it out or forget it. Um, but yeah, that was that was a big hint. And then over the the past like you know year or two, there's been a lot of instances of her liking tweets um, mm-hmm. that have said things. One of them literally was talking about like men in dresses. They've they've been mm-hmm. tweets against uh, the rights of trans people, and I think a lot of them have revolved around uh, the same thing that Maya Forsyter was talking about in a lot of her tweets, which was that the UK has been uh, trying to update their Gender Recognition Act to yeah. cover people being able to legally change their gender and a number of things like that. And uh, so J.K. Rowling has liked some pretty transphobic tweets. And her PR team in the past has said that she had a, quote, clumsy and middle-aged moment and that her thumb mm-hmm. just accidentally liked the tweets. And that sounds pretty made up, but I was always kind of willing to be like, okay, you know what, maybe. Um, and then right. I, I would see uh, people actually went through all of the accounts that she follows, and there was Ooh. a number of them that were like publicly, uh, like publicly known turfs that she wow. follows. And even then, I was still like, well, maybe she doesn't know. Maybe she follows them for other reasons. Um, you know, I, I make a lot of videos about uh, a lot of trans topics. Sometimes I talk about Harry Potter. And whenever I talk about Harry Potter outside of the fandom, I am just like, I get an onslaught of people that are just like, J.K. Rowling's a turf. Like, how can you still support Harry Potter? So, like, I've been seeing this for years. Um, and I have not talked about it that much because I've been trying to still believe that maybe she's just misled she doesn't quite understand it or like you know maybe she did just accidentally like the tweets you know i've been trying to hold out that like this person who created a universe that led to this community that has meant so much to me and taught me so many of these values of tolerance and acceptance and unconditional love like that she wouldn't really believe this right no way um and so yeah those hints have been there and there are a lot of people who 
looking back very rightfully, um, uh, kind of canceled her right away. And turns out that was that was the truth. So it was just hard to see, like, in plain writing in this tweet, what we had seen kind of whispers of for years. Yeah, and the plain writing that I want to that I I, I want to get into is those last two mm-hmm. those last two lines of her tweet one uh, aspect of it is the phrase sex is real mm-hmm. so what she's trying to say here first of all she's misstating what happened with Maya Forstater Maya did not simply say I believe uh, sex is biologically determined at birth and in- immutable I mean she said those things but she said many things to make people uh, feel incredibly like they were in a hostile work environment and that's why her contract was not renewed mm-hmm. but what jk rowling that that language sex is real is a coded way of saying that there's male and female and that's it and that's what you are forever no matter your no matter your gender yes and my belief and my research has led me to understand that that is not true at all yeah i mean you know that's kind of what we're taught in like eighth grade biology um, yeah. and that, that's the kind of thing that lots of my YouTube comments and people like after events, people will come up to me and try to argue this with me. Um, and do you get this in person? Does somebody come up to you and say like, Oh yeah. Yeah. After oh, I give talks Lord. and it, it always blows my mind. Cause I'm like, so you really weren't listening. Cause like I addressed this for an hour and you just knew what you wanted to say and <laughs> oh, did no. not listen to me. Um, but it, it, wow. it, but also like, it is a very complex, tough to understand thing. Like, and honestly, a lot of times when I am teaching, like, gender transgender 101 i don't get too deep into uh like what is chromosomes gender and all this yeah because it is very confusing because like the easy way of explaining um gender and like transness and to explain the difference between sex and gender is you might hear sometimes people say like sex is what's between your legs and and gender is what's between your ears you know uh it's the idea of like gender is is what you innately feel but sex is maybe what you were assigned at birth um but to go deeper we can realize through science, what scientists have all agreed on for a while now, as well as all medical professionals and all the major, you know, WHO and everything around the world, uh, is that even sex is a little bit of a societal construct. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think something like one in a thousand people are born with an intersex condition, uh, which means that some combination of their chromosomes or genitalia or hormonal levels uh, are not congruent with what we typically would define as male or female. Um, and so that's mm-hmm. sex. That's not talking about trans people and, and gender. Um, right. And so already we have an example of a way that sex is not just a binary um, and it's not as clear cut as we are always thought. Um, there's a lot more scientific basis without just using intersex people as, as an example and but I'm not a scientist and so I don't know all of but it's just it's just <laughs> it's a lot of stuff of like, you know, uh, we always thought that these chromosomes are male and these chromosomes are female and that's it and that's all that exists. There's a lot more variance than we thought. Um, and also, mm-hmm. like, most people don't get their chromosomes checked. You know, I always sort of like to, to fight back with people that they're, they're, they're like, okay, well, well, like, men have penises and, and women have vulvas or something. It's like, well, what about right. someone who had cancer or had an injury and doesn't, doesn't have that part anymore? Does that mean they're not a man anymore? Or, like, uh, the turfs often like to say, like, you know, women have eggs. And it's like, okay, well, like, not all of them do for various reasons before we even get into mm-hmm. trans and intersex people. There's just like so right. much variance in the world. And oftentimes people in this kind of turf camp like to try to get like gotcha moments that often end up working against each other um, mm-hmm. in their their arguments. I don't know. It's just a lot of sort of straw man arguments. Have you listened to the Gonad series on Radiolab? No. 
You've got to. It is. It it gets real, and it does that beautiful thing that only Radiolab can do. That explains all these incredibly con- complicated concepts just so directly. Oh my gosh! Everyone go and, listen to that instead of me for the past five minutes. <laughs> I, we'll, we'll we'll put it in the in the show notes, and it re- it just really breaks down just how nothing is what you think it is and the way sex is is you know quote unquote sex is determined in the really in the really early stages of conception mm-hmm. are controlled by just a, such a wide variety of factors i think there's this understanding that as soon as a sperm fertilizes an ovum that they're that like you know the chromosomes are made and that's it you're either you're either xx or xy and that is not at all what happens yeah. and gonads explains it all and it's wild yeah um and i you know i think an, another thing to to bring up too is you know so that's sort of discussing sex and gender like i said is is a even more complicated thing it's, it's yeah. about how you innately feel um it can also refer to how you express yourself the roles that you take on the gender p- other people attribute to you what they assume about your gender um but one thing that has been like the the accepted medical professional uh, belief since in America about the 50s, but in Europe a couple decades before, is that one, trans people exist, uh, and mm-hmm. two, the way to you know help trans people to, to to alleviate gender dysphoria, which is you know what trans people can feel in that incongruence with your your gender and your assigned sex, uh, the way to alleviate that is to accept the person for who they are, to validate their gender, um, if that means using a different name and pronouns for them, if that means medical transition for them, um, that is the, I guess, like, prescription, you could say. Um, so mm-hmm. that that is what you are actually supposed to do for trans people. I get a lot of, like, hate comments all the time that are like, oh, you need to see a doctor. And it's like, literally, that's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've seen so many. Like, I think a lot of times people don't understand that... Um, there is a ton of science uh, behind this already that exists. Like anytime people try to like claim science or biology, it's like, all right, well, you actually need to learn a little bit more of it. Um, but also just the fact that the actual like scientific definition or, or whatever of of what you of how to treat trans people is to accept us. Um, yes, and so that is why when there is someone who is saying so much about like, oh, well, you're not really a man, you're not really a woman, non-binary people don't exist and all of that. Like, that is a very damaging thing to be saying, like, psychologically and, and socially and everything like that. There's been a lot of research that's been published more recently, confirming stuff we've already known, just about how, like, a trans kid who is accepted by their parents has a vastly larger survival rate. Wow. Yeah, it, so it's like we're we're not just talking about like here's some progressive people who think that you should speak this way and be PC. You know, we're really talking about the safety and the well-being of millions of people around the world. With all the hubbub yesterday, a lot of people were providing a lot of resources. Mm-hmm. And um, Charlotte Clymer, who's an outspoken trans activist and is with the Human Rights Coalition, tweeted a huge list of health organizations and the medical community who are in consensus about about this, that trans human 
trans humans are real trans people are real <laughs> they exist the and i'll just list a couple and again we'll link we'll link this thread in the show notes but the world health organization which is the premier international health organization the pan-american health organization which is the oldest public health organization in the world and the regional office of the of the world health organization in service to the united nations the world medical association a confederation of 113 national medical organizations with the purpose of promoting high standards of medical ethics ethics the united nations children's fund unicef has a has a report on their website about ending violence and discrimination against lesbian gay bisexual trans transgender and intersex people there is just it it goes on and on there are british health organizations validating trans people including the british medical association the royal society of medicine national health service royal college of physicians royal college of psychiatrists royal college of obstetricians and gynecologists uh examples of american health organizations doing the same is the ama the american psychological association the american psychiatric association the american academy of pediatrics the american college of obstetricians and gynecologists This, this is endless this is a medical community consensus that trans people exist are real and have actual real medical needs. We're not talking about um, simply being kind, though you should be. We're talking about this is the way to properly medically treat these humans. Yeah. And and when we say medically, you know, like not all trans people want to medically transition, but what that includes is right. just acknowledging a person's identity and respecting it for right. what it is and using their name and pronouns and, and acknowledging, yes, you are a woman or yes, you are a gender, you know, whatever your identity is. All of that, I would say is um, the kinds of invalidating and discriminatory language that people like Maya Forstadter use contributes to the confusion people have around this already very confusing topic, um, as well as a lot of the prejudice that trans people face. And I think it's just important to bring up like briefly that uh, trans people first of all, experience incredibly high rates of mental illness, and largely in part to the discrimination that they face getting rejected by peers and families and workplaces. Uh, in the United States, about 30 states, you can legally be fired for being trans, you can be removed or denied from your housing for being trans. Um, we, d- we are not a protected class in most states. The Supreme Court is literally debating these things right now of, of what rights we are going to have. Um, and there mm-hmm. is an incredible murder problem. Uh, there have been, to date in 2019, at least 23 trans women, mostly trans women of color, who have been murdered for who they are just this year. Um, the life expectancy wow. of trans women of color is something in, in their 20s or early 30s. Like, it is a, the violence is a huge problem. And discourse like what Maya Forstadter and now J.K. Rowling is trying to encourage contributes to that in a very real way. So when J.K. Rowling says, to go back to her tweet, so when she says sex is real, um, like is, is that like a common phrase? Like, is that something that she she says? Is that co-opted language from the, the trans-exclusionary movement? I, th- I would... If you know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know completely uh, with certainty. I, it sounds like something that would come from them because they like mm. to use a lot of that language that like on the surface sounds good. Like you would agree with, you know, like, right. like women are women. Like, yes, of course. And like, they say a lot of stuff that like, if you don't know who is saying it and, and in what context, it almost sounds like in support of trans people. Right. You got a lot of like, well, we have to, we have to protect women. This is a lot. This is really interspersed with this idea that um, it's women's rights yes. that are at stake. 
It's like uh, women's rights are at stake, including trans women's rights. That you, yeah, that's, you know, that's like the words I'm reaching for are like, yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And the, it's, anyway, it's a little bit like you know, men's rights activists who yes. a lot of the stuff that they want is the same thing that feminists want. <laughs> like they're just yes. coming about it in an anti-feminist way when really they have ultimately some of the same goals, although in a very gross way. And recognizing trans women as women does not in any way impinge on cis women's rights. Mm -mm. I don't, it's not, I don't feel impinged upon Jack, (laughs) you know, sitting in in as a, a, you know, as a a white cis woman, I'm doing fine. So, (laughs) so. I think J.K. Rowling might be too, just, just throwing that out there. That's, that's another piece of it. There's a great Vox article about, uh, about the the uh, gender exclusive movement in or gender critical mm-hmm. movement in Britain, which by the way is that, is the phrase that turfs use for themselves, and they try to say that turf is a slur and all this kind of stuff. Right. Okay. So there's a great Vox piece. We'll link it in the show notes uh, about the history of this in particular in British culture. Mm. Yeah, it was really it, it helped clarify how J.K. Rowling, who could, who, by the way, was subtweeted yesterday by Amnesty International, where she used to work, yeah, which, which she credits with informing a lot of her beliefs about civic equality, about, about tolerance, about society, and they're telling her trans rights are human rights, trans rights are human rights. Yeah. Kind of moment. So, you and I, Harry Potter fans, mm-hmm. how, do, how do we deal with this as Harry Potter fans? Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, you and I, like, I, we've both been involved with the Harry Potter Alliance. Um, you have, J.K. Rowling wrote the forward to your book. Like, we have a lot of professional yeah. ties, both to J.K. Rowling and to the larger franchise, you know, books and movies and theme park. And when there have been little blips of things in the past, I know um, at the Harry Potter Alliance, we've had to have a very serious conversation about how to respond to things because of these professional ties that we have. And it's like, what... Yeah you know, yes, we are activists and we might have personal beliefs, but, you know, we need to make sure we have all the facts and, and, you know, what can we, like, say that is not going to harm this relationship that helps us achieve all these wonderful things in the fandom? And I just felt like yesterday was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back. I personally, not working for the Harry Potter Alliance anymore, just was like, mm-hmm. I'm I'm done. I'm going to say all the things that I wasn't saying for a long time because I'm, <laughs> I am mad now and I'm, I'm done being quiet. And I kind of got that sense from a lot of other people who yeah. in the past had maybe had some reason that they had to be a little quiet. On that note, the the, the thing that summed it up for me was when um, Emma, the Leaky Cauldron editor, uh, said in our chat, even the puppets have revolted, <laughs> have, which was like the great way to sum it all up. Everybody was in it. I don't know a single entity inside yeah. the Harry Potter fandom, not one that said, I stand with J.K. Rowling. Mm-hmm. And that is, we have stood with her through everything. People are still standing yeah. with her over the Johnny Depp stuff. Yep. Like that, that is... We have backed her up at every turn and been been happy to. I may disagree with the Johnny Depp stuff, but I don't admit I don't know everything. Yeah, you know yeah. the pup the puppets tweet. I thought was was like the tweet of the decade. Did you see it? Yeah, oh, of course I did. Um, so anyone listening, I spent the last weekend with the puppets, and we're talking about the Potter puppet pals. <laughs> Um, yes. I was puppeteering with them at their live shows at the Yule Ball, um, and I'm, I'm very good friends with, with them. And so I saw that tweet come up in the midst of texting with uh, Alora, who's like one, one of the people who runs the puppets. And I was just like, oh my gosh, was that you or was that, that Neil <laughs> Cesariga? And she was like, oh, that was Neil. He beat me to the punch. And I just loved that because <laughs> like, yes, it was them standing up to J.K. Rowling, but it felt a little bit like a, like, you know, support for me too. 
Um, Absolutely it was. Their response, by the way, was just a big boo. Just a challenge. Like, they just responded to her. And it was like so funny. We're all, we're all thinking and, and saying and trying to come up with like nuanced and, and compassionate responses. And the puppets just come out there with boo. It's the best. Because it's, it's also like it's so in character for their sort of like chaotic, <laughs> yeah. mischievous takes on the characters. I don't know. I think a little bit about what you were saying um, about how you were newer to all this about, you know, about five years ago when I was coming out to you. And I think the Harry Potter fan community at large was like, we have seen Mm -hmm. a lot of people come out in the fan community in the last five years. And we've seen a lot of um, support for them and a lot of education. And uh, so I think, you know, seeing every corner of the fandom, including even the puppets standing up against this, I think just shows how much this community um, has, has grown and learned um, and and become more loving and inclusive over the years. And it's just sad that the creator of this universe has not grown and changed with us. Oh, and I kind of, I in some way, like I try to put myself in her shoes and I'm like, well, you know, she mm-hmm. she probably lives in this kind of bubble, you know, like when you are that, that wealthy and you've had so much success, like you're not necessarily going to be meeting all kinds of different people in your life. And it is a confusing topic. And so maybe she came across this stuff from from turf land and it made a little bit of sense to her and and she is such a staunch feminist and so she kind of fell for some of it maybe and i i still kind of want to believe that i want to believe that after she gets over whatever defensiveness she's going to have from this reaction maybe she will be willing to listen and and learn and grow a little bit but i don't know the fact that she like declined uh glad reached out and wanted to talk to her like that's literally their job is they support people in hollywood who need to learn a lesson and they do it great (laughs) and they honestly they do it in a lot of ways that a lot of like queer more radical people disagree with because they really they really sugarcoat things you know and and even them her people were like nope no thank you i when you said that i just imagined you know some hollywood person making a bad tweet and four seconds later there's a there's a, a knock on the door with like a friendly you're like not wrong door. though they're such an amazing organization <laughs> like when i saw it was, it was a buzzfeed article by ellie hall that that mentioned this and when i saw that i was like oh of course they were on top of this good for glad right but then also yeah. like i and, and even when i saw jk jk rowling's team declined to talk to them i was like well you know hopefully they're just they're declining everything right now they're trying to figure it out they're right. talking to her and maybe in the future there will still be some apology and change. Um, I'm hoping. I'm hoping for listening and learning. If the Harry Potter community can do it, so can its creator. Seeing the whole fandom stand up and say, we learned so many lessons of tolerance from this series, and we've been tussling for so long with this idea of death of the author, with this idea of do we, do we, ha- is the series our na- ours now? Can we take, can we sort of stand up and divorce ourselves from the author? And then having this flashbang moment where it was like, well, well, not only are we, we, we must. And we should, we should mention trans exclusionary feminism is not the only thing people have been critical of mm-hmm. JK Rowling uh, for recently that we've been sort of, does it feel to you like we've been sort of holding our breath and just hoping it wasn't true? There's been a disappointing 
stuff uh, about Native Americans, disappointing stuff about uh, the uh, Korean and Hindu myths with Nagini. Mm-hmm. There has been there has been some there have been some things she has put in her fiction lately that have been dismissive of a lot of different identities and cultures. Yeah, well, and you know, even even the original text, which oftentimes what I will go back to sure. in these moments is the original text, but even the original text, you know, there's definitely some coded stuff with fat phobia and anti-Semitism. Yep. Um, slaves who are happy about it. Slaves who are happy about it. Yeah. The, the representation of basically every race that's not white is super stereotyped and, and tokenized. So like, you know, those, even the books themselves are not perfect. And I think a lot of fans have had different points of what has been the breaking point for them. And I think yesterday mm-hmm. was just the breaking point for a lot of people. Yes. Um, but even with it being the breaking point, you know, like I completely understand and respect anyone who's like, yeah, I'm done never reading the books again. I want nothing right. to do with it. It's it's too painful or I just don't want to support her in any way. Right. I'm still kind of working through it myself, I think. Um, mm-hmm. I think I mean, I've never been a huge fan of the movies, <laughs> um, right. you know, like I've I've always preferred the books. I've always preferred the fan community. I think this community, right. I think the things that people have created around Harry Potter will not go away. I don't think she can't take that from me. It has been such a major part of my life for the past decade or more. Um, and some misled opinions she has is not going to take that away from me. But, you know, like I was thinking I might reread the books in 2020. And I mean, I'm <laughs> definitely not going to do a whole YouTube series on it now like I thought I was because that will just, <laughs> nope. I remember, oh, no. you know, I didn't read Ender's Game before a lot of the stuff came out about Orson Scott Card. I just like wasn't in that fandom. And sure. then I read the book after knowing about his beliefs and I kind of liked the book, but the whole time I was reading it, I couldn't stop thinking about all that. Um, mm-hmm. And I just, I wonder if I would be able to read the books again as, as clearly and not, and not think about this stuff. Do you still love Harry Potter? I mean, like, yeah, I guess, I don't know. That's, that's a tough question. <laughs> it's a complicated question. It's a complicated right question. Yeah. What about you? It's got Facebook result. It's complicated. <laughs> Um, I, I, I hesitate, I, I hesitate to, um, put my own thoughts into this question because as mentioned, I'm a pretty privileged cis white woman, you know? And so, um, not only that, but pretty hat. And so it's my relationship to the series. I, I can't, these hurts and these slights don't affect me in the way by necessity in the way that they will for people who have had those experiences. Mm-hmm. I, I empathetically, they affect me, but I, or sympathetically they affect me, but I can't, I can't claim to know those experiences. So when I say, yeah, I still love Harry Potter. I feel, I feel somewhat like I'm hurting people who have been hurt by it. Oh, I, I so, definitely get that because I felt that through a lot of the, you know, other th- controversies that we have listed out, you know, I felt that same thing yeah. where it's like, I'm nervous to say that I like Harry Potter because I know the ways that she's hurt various communities. Right. I'll I'll say that my love for Harry Potter right now is like you in the community. Yeah. I was really I, I, honestly yesterday I was leaving the the I was leaving home and I was like, "Oh, I haven't worn my Gryffindor scarf in a long time. I'm going to wear my Gryffindor scarf today." Oh. And I'm sitting there wearing my Gryffindor scarf on the train and I opened Twitter and J.K. Rowling's the top trending topic, and I was like, "No, just, just you." Honestly, when things are top trending t- these days, it's not a good thing. So you go and you, I opened it up, and then the word turf came up, and then the whole thing unfolded. And honestly, I like I, I sat there crying on the train, like, "What, what are we, what do we do now?" You know. But I only mention it because we I contrast to the end of the day where we were in our office 
blasting Tonks in the mm. Aurors with uh, Witch Rock, their, their yes, uh, her Yes All Witches uh, chant, which is amazing, and you should listen to it. And having seen a community stand up and say, we don't stand for hate, seeing the community that she wrought stand up to her. You know that line, it takes a lot of courage to stand up to our friends, but mm-hmm. uh, to our enemies, but yet more to stand up to our friends. You'd have to think that if if she was being clear-minded right now, she would see the community and think, actually, that's kind of inspiring, you know? Hopefully. So the community, like, hopefully. So the community has sort of, like, brought brought it, it really back for me, and I'm, I think we're just sort of opening a new door on a new era of it. Mm-hmm. And we'll see where we go is there something you wish you could tell joe like if like if she was like i'm not going to talk to glad but hey jackson let's sit down and have tea i i was like sort of playing this out in my head the, like yesterday at some point i think <laughs> and it, I, I remember what i thought was okay i'm going to print out a bunch of articles from you know the who and all kinds of stuff about the science of it mm-hmm. we're not going to talk about it i'm just going to leave that with her because i don't want to talk about the science with her i want to talk about the real people and i want to like sure. i want to tell her my story and the story of so many other uh, trans Harry Potter fans and and why what she said was hurtful um, and and why that whole sort of movement is hurtful to us and how her books helped us find ourselves and feel solace um, and that you know she's responsible for a lot of us in part responsible for a lot of us just like you know finding a home and comfort and and not feeling shame in ourselves through all the sort of like, you know, metaphors that she wrote. And it's just, it's, it's tough to, to see her think that all of that can apply to, you know, other minorities that she's spoken about her character is supposed to be metaphors for, which can all be sloppy anyways, but to think that it can't apply to us, you know, just the whole like, all right, you've come up with this like super magical, fantastical world where so many things are possible, including a potion that changes your body, but you want to say trans people yeah. are a step too far. And it was yeah. kind of fine when I was like, she was writing in the 90s, and why would anyone have thought about that? And like, I don't expect us to have representation in the text, whatever. I don't expect that it's fine. But then to see her like actively against us, that's a whole other level. And just a resistance to learning, a resistance to changing. Yeah. I'd like to read uh, with you some of the the letters that we've oh, gotten. Yes, yeah, Literally, please. just in 12 hours, we've gotten such such response. This one's from Sarah. They say, hey, folks, I've been a member of this fandom since I was 15 years old. I've attended 12 annual HP cons, first with HPEF, then Leaky. In many ways, this fandom has raised me into the person I am today, a person who, at 28 years old, holds a PhD in human development and is an expert in the field of LGBTQ plus affirmative therapy practices and an educator for clinicians and healthcare providers on trans affirmation practices and helping trans folks access gender-affirming medical procedure. I feel this context is very important to preface my thoughts on the matter. If we do not actively denounce J.K. Rowling, many people will die. Fear tactics and rhetoric are huge problems that are pervasive within trans health care, which should be a very well-known thing for trans people who have sought out these services. J.K. Rowling has too huge of a platform and this amplification of anti-science nonsense will directly affect the mental and emotional well-being of trans folks, the number of hate crimes we see committed against these people, and further negative beliefs and biases already rampant. We as a community are strong and wonderful, we need to denounce J.K. Rowling and actively work to make sure we are amplifying marginalized voices to keep our community safe, inclusive, and radically accepting. I, mean, I love that. I think that was a much more eloquent way of saying everything that I feel. Um, <laughs> so thank you for that. Yeah. Um, I'm going to not read everybody's full email because they're long, uh, but they are they are really beautiful, and we really thank you for um, 
for for that. Kieran says, I've fallen out of the HP fandom a, a, a while ago, but I've sort of nervously looked at Twos, at Joe's Twitter antic. Twos, at Joe's Twitter antics. Uh, they say, my sister came out as trans nearly two years ago and has been on hormones for a year this month, and she's completely denounced Joe's for, Joe for years. But Kieran, the, uh, the person writing the email, has been struggling to balance ethically consuming the media she has created while also remaining true to my principles. What Joe has done convertly and has made clear today breaks my heart. We've all read the hot takes about Dumbledore's queer representation and I always shrugged it off as her being blissfully ignorance, ignorant with the problematic elements of what she wrote but now I'm really struggling in my mind about whether I can allow myself to have a connection and love of these stories from an ethical standpoint or would it be easier to do as many others have done and cut all ties I'm not sure what to do or where to go with this information how to sort out my feelings but I know I need to do something I hope you have some advice or words of sympathy and encouragement well I, I think Kieran really gets to the heart of it for me which is um previously being able to believe there was blissful ignorance, you know, in a lot mm. of the different things that she had done. And that didn't excuse any of it. And that didn't take away the pain, any of it, the, uh, that any of it caused people. But uh, we could kind of say maybe, maybe she was just ignorant and, and didn't know. Um, and this, you can a little bit still say that, but man, her actions really felt more aggressive um, and intentional in this case. And, um, it also, you know, it makes me think about the the larger world and, and some of the uh, things that we're facing in, in the U.S. and the U.K. and in other nations around the world of s- a lot of the ideologies that are coming more to the, f- the forefront um, that we maybe mm-hmm. like to think before. Yeah. We're not there and turns out people still believe mm-hmm. these things. And this, I think, is a lesson for me that when there are hints of things to not just say, oh, maybe they're blissfully ignorant, um, but to right. to confront it head on from the get go. As for sympathy and encouragement, we are right there with you, Kieran. Mm-hmm. Being with you through your experience, Jack, changed everything I, I, I knew and educated me so much about about trans rights. And so um, honor that experience is my word of encouragement my word of encouragement is also that time is long and give yourself the time you need to deal with this information and then test your feelings and find solace in the community because i think we will still be here we will one last thing that's not as not like just a, a nice and comforting <laughs> but uh i i think it is absolutely true that knowing a trans person can expose you much more organically to a lot of the like the, the challenges and, and our needs and, and the complexities and nuances of all of our different experiences. Um, but I think one of the things that I have seen really bothering people about this, this tweet from JK Rowling and her lack of response and her declines to make statements or anything is you shouldn't have to know someone just to be kind to people. Yeah. You know, just to be kind yeah. and respect them for who they are. You shouldn't have to, you know, have a, a sibling or a friend or someone who's trans. You, it's father of daughters, Jack. Exactly. That is exactly the father of daughters. Yeah. yeah, you should not have to. I, and I don't understand what it costs. The, the thing that really, like, of the many things that were sort of a nice pick in the heart with this was, what is what does this get you? What? Mm-hmm. Why are you being cruel to a whole class of people? What is what? What is the thing that you're solving for? And how is it? what does it cost you to be kind? What would, what would it harm your life to be kind to people? And, and why would you, you know, and to be such a huge thing to take a stance on for the very, very powerful brand that she has um, to be staking her reputation on it. You know, I think she believes that she is doing what Dumbledore said of like, you know, standing up for, for what is tough, but to do that, that means she must really believe this. 
she must really care about it. Yeah. I, I was sitting with um, Takiya in the office yesterday and I, I sort of had an outburst of like, I just, I, you know, that, that like, I don't get it. And Takiya just looked at me and said, she, she knows she's right. She, mm-hmm. Tiki doesn't think she's right, obviously, but yeah. she's like, you know, she knows she's right. She's right. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, she believes she's really right. It's like, yeah. yeah. It's one thing to personally yeah. believe it. It's another thing to stake your entire reputation on it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. More, uh, one yeah, more listeners. Interesting, <laughs> uh, one interesting question we got is, what if you're invested in Rowling's recent work? This is Ivana Eleven. Hi, Pottercast um, and Jackson. I've seen a lot about, a lot of talk about canceling JK Rowling. I think that's fairly easy to do, like practically emotionally. It still sucks to see someone you thought was great be transphobic if you're not into her recent works. I really like the Strike novels, though, and I'm quite invested in Fantastic Beasts, too. I'd love to still enjoy those and be part of the fandom around those but also cancel jkr but not sure how that works or if that's possible only thing i can think of is quote offsetting book and and ticket prices by donating to trans charities any thoughts or suggestions well i I do love that i think that's a still want to enjoy it yeah yeah support the hpa which is actually one of our bullet points that we're gonna we're gonna (laughs) we're gonna discuss in greater detail but like support the hpa and glad and what are some other i I mean um, i I would look up the local lgbt centers and lgbt homeless shelters in your area because those small local organizations always need a lot of financial support and sometimes volunteer support so definitely look those up um yeah i remember people doing that with crimes of grindelwald it was like okay if i'm gonna see in the theater i'm also donating to like a domestic violence organization um, and I think that is a great thing to do. Um, I saw a lot of people yesterday being like, I'm going to get the books from the library now, or I am going to pirate them. Maybe right. <laughs> Just, I remember people saying that around <laughs> Ender's game as well. Um, right. yeah, I don't know. What do you think? I think it's okay to separate the artist from the author. Mm-hmm. If you're able to, I think it's also incredibly valid to say, I can't separate yeah. the artist from the author. I'm, you know, but I think if you're able mm-hmm. to, uh, there's so much art and frankly good art that exists by people that I we wish didn't were not the people who made them you know um and so I think if you can mm-hmm. enjoy art and it gets it gets you something then you shouldn't feel bad about that but that there's also nothing bad about thinking hey I I'm supporting I'm I'm you know by consuming this media I'm supporting somebody whose beliefs I don't believe I don't uh, ascribe to I'm going to go offset it by you know by doing these things. I think if I think I get very conflicted about this particular thing because art um when we hear about like well you know the, the mad genius stereotype of like men who you know that they, they, they can treat people terribly because they're geniuses um and how un- unacceptable that kind of thing is and how many people how many people's work don't, don't get seen or recognized uh, because of the way they've been bullied in, in the creative world. You know, uh, there's a lot of conflicting feelings around that. So I'm, I'm not here to say that we should accept bad behavior from artists, but if art has gotten into you, then it's gotten into you. And I don't, I don't know that torturing yourself to get it out of you is going to be helpful. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of the read another book people coming out of the woodwork yesterday. I bet. And, uh, yeah, and I mean, we're all annoyed by them, just people who are like, can't you read something other than Harry Potter? And I don't agree with them necessarily, but, you know, I, I do think this is a great opportunity, if, especially if you are in the camp of like, I don't know that I can engage with Harry Potter anymore, a great opportunity to look up books that were written by trans authors Mm -hmm. and, and queer authors and support those writers and support other marginalized authors who, are not represented well enough in publishing to get their books out to the mainstream because they are writing amazing stories. Um, I'll recommend one really quickly. It's mm-hmm. called Out of Salem by a trans author, Hal Shreve. 
who I found out uh, by talking with uh, with Hal on Twitter yesterday that was actually inspired by their frustration with uh, J.K. Rowling's stuff she has said about Remus Lupin and being HIV positive mm-hmm. and just that whole problematic sloppy metaphor and that inspired Out of Salem in part. Um, but it's an awesome book and there's so many other awesome ones out there. Having said that, I think that is a separate discussion from, like, I, I think the read another book people can sometimes discount the fact that this is not just a book series to us right. and, and how important it is. And it's like, yes, we want to support those authors. We will read all of those authors. We will support all of that. And mm-hmm. this is still something that brings us a lot of joy and comfort. And, uh, you know, we need to also reckon with with how to still enjoy Harry Potter while also supporting these other authors one last one laurie says laurie says um i've broken up with a fandom before and i know i don't want to do that now i know it means losing friends and events that are joyful parts of my life and i'm not willing like so many people i know i've spent the last 24 hours wondering how we can ensure that those who continue who wish to continue in these communities can feel supported doing so i can't unlove the stories that had so much truth in them and became part of me if i tried to extract them from my person now it wouldn't work it's the strangest feeling and i think that's just a button on on what we're saying once you know mm-hmm. but however this transitions so nicely into um our last topic of conversation which is what you can do how to help how to take these feelings and turn them into either action or inaction so i i have to laugh because i wrote our outline at like five in the morning and i wrote to i wrote <laughs> tips and tricks for supporting the trans community right now like it was like a cosmo <laughs> article i was like this is almost well, anyway but if you have advice <laughs> to put in a better way if you have advice for what cis people can do to support the trans community right now that would be awesome yeah i mean i think i saw a lot of great um allyship yesterday Shouting out a, a friend and Mr. Event staffer of ours, uh, Sam Harris, mm-hmm. who has a master's degree in gender studies, was offering, like, he was like, people DM me and I will explain the stuff you're confused about. Oh. And he spent a large portion of yesterday talking with people, uh, in some who were, you know, very genuine and some who were maybe a little bit more aggressive, right. uh, and just taking the time to explain that so that trans people didn't have to. So, like, taking the weight off of, off of us, mm-hmm. um, and explaining a lot of these things so that we don't have to. And whether it's in those explanations or other uh, conversations about this happening, you don't always have to include a trans person's Twitter handle. Um, we don't We don't need to see everything that's being said that's negative about us, either in particular or as a community. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is also a, a nice, these are both, you know, kind right. of small things, very particular to this exact situation, but they help a lot. So when you say you don't always have to include, what's a situation where you should decline to include a trans person's Twitter handle? Um, so a, a few that I saw yesterday would be whether it was the trans person or someone else had maybe started an initial tweet um, and then maybe say a trans person replied. And then there was a reply from that that was denigrating mm-hmm. or questioning or something. And it led into a very long yep. conversation that the trans person was not participating in. It was other people, but the trans person was still tagged right. the entire time. Right. And that's when we're just like, you know, uh, untick the box, like right. erase their username, whatever. They, they don't if, if they are clearly not replying, they don't need to be a part of that. And they don't want to. Right. Because you're just sort of pelting them with hate un- un- unwillingly, but it's it's getting thrown. Yeah, at the and, e- and even if it's not like express hate, just like a lot of us just wanted to log off from this right. and and not have to think about it anymore. Um, and just filling our at mentions with that kind of stuff is not great. And I'll also say, you know, just check in on your friends. Um, and also don't feel like they have to reply. Let mm-hmm. them know, like, 
hey, this is, I'm just thinking of you. Here's a cute animal gif. You don't have to reply. I just want you to know I support you. That kind of stuff. I got a lot of those and they were super, super helpful and appreciated. Are there things people should not do? Well, I guess the, the, like, the, the tagging thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, like maybe if you were confused about it, don't text your one trans friend who has probably had to explain it 15 times to people already today. Right. You know, maybe try to do a little bit of your own research or reach out to an ally who who's educated on the matter. Um, again, just don't sort of like pelt your trans friends and, and make them explain this stuff to you. Also, maybe don't approach them with all of your reasons why you still support JK Roll or something like that. You know, like if you are working through some of those tough questions we've had today, um, maybe don't work through them with your one trans friend or something like that. Right. Unless, you know, they want to. Right. Because we're not all the same. We all have different preferences on, on how we're handling the situation. Yeah. I even felt not bad, but I was you know, a little cautious about asking you to do this because, you know, all those reasons, well, but you're, this is, it's part of your world. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I, I appreciate that. But the one, yeah, this is a distinction I make to a lot of people is like my work is trans awareness and education. Right. Um, and so there have been many times where I've been in maybe like a workplace environment where I am one of uh, multiple trans people mm-hmm. and the other trans people's work is not trans education. And I'm like, if you have, I have to say to like the cis coworkers, like if you have any questions about trans stuff, do not ask those two. That is not what they're here for. That is not their job. It is literally my job. So you come talk to me instead. Right. Um, but, you know, apart from just getting like, you know, me educating people attempting to in this very not eloquent podcast appearance that I've done. But uh, there are, you know, resources that I know we'll put in the show notes yep. that uh, can help if you have questions about some of these these gender basics um, or how you can support people in other ways. Great. Yep. Check out the show notes. Go support. If As a Harry Potter fan, I feel like supporting the HB Alliance is mm-hmm. a great way to do all these things. Support the community, still feed your love of Harry Potter. And the HPA has an amazing history of uh, working for trans rights, hiring trans people, and really um, treating all people with love and kindness. Yeah. A huge portion of their membership is um, trans or non-binary, gender non-conforming. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're they're constantly running various campaigns for protecting trans rights. They're about to run some voter protection campaigns. They're working on immigration reform. So lots of good stuff to get involved with there. Jack, is there anything else that we haven't touched on that you want to talk about? Ooh, <laughs> I think we touched on a lot. Yeah. Well, how are you doing with all this? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm doing all right. Um, <laughs> it's mostly, you know, I think getting back to the like, me as an educator thing like I don't think I've had a lot of time to just sort of like sit as a person and think about it because I had to dive right into all right what what is the response how like you know how can I help how how can I help people and that kind of thing so you know maybe in a few hours it'll hit me (laughs) yeah I hear you well take care of yourself try to have that break you were trying to have Mm-hmm. And seriously, thank you, because I, I think that this conversation is going to help a lot of Harry Potter fans understand what happened and hopefully shed a little light on the, the nuanced issues here. Yeah, hopefully so. It's it's a complex thing. But I think at the end of the day, you know, just respect what people say and be kind to them. Yeah. Where should people get you if they... What people say about themselves. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Respect what people say about, about themselves. themselves. That's an important codicil. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, everybody yeah. should read Jack's book, Sorted. I'll put a link in the show notes. Where should they get you if they want to reach out to you? Yeah, I'm Jack is not a bird on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Awesome. And he also waffles things from time to time. Yeah, there's a lot of waffle stuff and Harry Potter stuff on my channel in between all the trends. We still haven't waffled the guacamole. We're going to waffle the guacamole one of these days. Oh, man. Yeah. 
Will guacamole. Will guacamole waffle. It's the question for the ages. Uh, listen, Jack, <laughs> thank you so much. And I, I speak for John and Frankie, too, who really wish they could be here. We can't wait to have you back on podcast again. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much for having me. And, and thank you for, um, you know, prioritizing this on podcast and, and, you know, organizing. Of course, of course. Of course. All right, y'all. Keep twiddling your wands. The next password will be trans rights or human rights. I love it. Keep each other safe. Keep faith. Good night.